of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello, everyone. From a common room in Ohio, this is No Butts About It, and I'm your host, Josh Butts. It has been a week hiatus without any shows. Had some finals last week I had to take care of. Um, Would have much rather been doing the show, obviously, but school has to come first. And um, it was kind of a good week for it to happen. Uh, There wasn't a lot of news as far as free agent signings and stuff going on around the league. Um, There were some rumors about whether or not uh, Trey Lance has been performing the way that the uh, 49ers expected him to. So we'll get into that a little bit. And then there was an arrest warrant issued for... Uh, free agent safety Earl Thomas. He was a big part of the Legion of Boom back in the mid-2010s and finished uh, most recently on the Ravens. And he's had a lot of problems off the field lately, so uh, this just adds to that. Also, um, it seems that uh, one of the teams was willing to speak out about uh, why Malik Willis fell so far. Uh, according to Brady Henderson, a source told him that the Seahawks were not certain or were pretty certain that Malik Willis was nowhere near NFL ready. So that could be why he ended up falling all the way to the third round where he was eventually picked up by the Tennessee Titans. Um, A lot of people had him going as a first rounder, top 10 overall pick, nowhere near that. That was nowhere near correct. Um, So now he will most likely be playing backup for Ryan Tannehill, probably competing for that starting job. Ryan Tannehill has come out and said that he does not think it is necessary that he needs to mentor him. Um, That was kind of hit with some backlash because some people thought that it is the veteran quarterback's job to be a mentor to these younger guys that are coming into the league. But that's not what Ryan Tannehill believed. He said that he is going to compete the same way that he would before and he just doesn't see it as his job to be a uh, mentor for Malik Willis as Malik Willis tries to take Ryan Tannehill's starting job Uh, but going back to the Trey Lance story so we've had guys such as George Kittle uh, and Kyle Shanahan come out and say 
uh, they really think that that Trey Lance is going to be a good quarterback. They feel he's the guy. That's why they had Jimmy Garoppolo on the trade block. Mind you, Jimmy Garoppolo never got traded, so he's still on the team. Um, there were also some rumors that maybe the reason Debo wanted to be traded was because he wasn't happy with having Trey Lance at quarterback. Debo has also not been traded. So Debo Samuel and Jimmy Garoppolo, both two players that were looking at being traded, and Debo requested a trade. Um, The 49ers wanted to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, so let's remember that. But both of these guys are still on the 49ers. Uh, Another guy who is still on their team that uh, a lot of people thought was going to be moved was Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is still a Brown. He is still playing for them as far as the contract goes. He's still getting all that guaranteed money. So uh, the Steelers have obviously put the Browns in the position where they can't cut him because the Steelers said that they're definitely going to pick him up if they he does that. Does that change with Kenny Pickett now being drafted by the Browns? I think it would, but maybe the Steelers just really want to make this hard for the Browns because the Browns will not want to have to play Baker Mayfield in the upcoming season. Some people aren't even sure if Kenny Pickett is NFL ready, and he was the first quarterback off the board. 20th pick, I believe. First round, only quarterback to go in the first round. He went to the Steelers. But people are concerned about his hand size. They think he'll fumble a lot. I don't know about that. They said the same thing about Joe Burrow. His hands are too small. Obviously, that wasn't an issue because he appeared in the Super Bowl last year. So, uh, we've there's a lot of stuff going on around the league, but a lot of it's just rumors. We don't really know what's happening. Nothing for certain has happened. However, there is definitely an arrest warrant out for Earl Thomas. So Earl Thomas was big part of the Legion of Boom, uh, which if you're not familiar with them, they were the nickname for the Seahawks defense when they were kind of a super team in the mid-2010s. I want to say like 2011 to... 2016 was the prime Legion of Boom time. And uh, that consisted of Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, uh, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman. Big names. A lot of big defensive stars. But in the last two years or so, Earl Thomas has just had a lot of issues uh, off the field and on the field. There's a famous video of him flipping off the crowd as he's being rolled off the car on a med cart. Um, Obviously, that's not super cool. He also has had issues um, with having guns pulled on him, pulling guns on people. And this latest arrest warrant uh, that has been issued was because he allegedly sent threatening text messages to a woman about her and her kids. Uh, Supposedly, that was also a... uh, group that he was supposed to be staying away from to begin with so the fact that he did that at all um was obviously horrible in the first place but the fact that he texted them those things just kind of makes whatever the reason was he wasn't supposed to be around them even worse it doesn't help anything 
and I definitely don't see him getting signed with a team this year because he didn't really have a great season last year, and now he could be facing jail time, which if he did do that, maybe I don't know the context of the messages. Those haven't been released yet that I've seen, but if it's enough to get an arrest warrant, maybe he needs to at least seek um, treatment. Hope he does. Uh, obviously, we want everyone to be their best, and we want the best for that situation. But on a better note, we have a special guest today. It is Stan the Jet Fan. He's coming in to talk to us about how his team drafted. We played his interview a little bit during the draft episode but he wanted to come in he just really wanted to talk about how the Jets were doing what he sees um, the potential for them to be this year and how he feels about their two top 10 picks which would be uh, Sauce Gardner and uh, the wide receiver Garrett Wilson so obviously two great picks oh they had three Excuse me. I forgot about Jermaine Johnson. He was their third uh, first-round pick. He's an edge. So very promising class just in the first uh, round. But we're going to have Stan the Jet fan come in, and he'll talk about that uh, here in a moment. Okay, that wasn't a moment for you guys, but that was a moment for me. I would said it would be a moment, and obviously I paused it for you so you could walk in and we could talk about some things. Sure. So, um... The Jets suck. What are they going to do to not suck? So I really like the what we've done so far in the offseason. I think the draft was amazing. Um, the last two drafts specifically have been way better than any other drafts I've remembered as a Jets fan. Like, I go back just four or five years ago, it, it, was, it was terrible. And I think the biggest uh, improvement to me seems to be in the attitude of the guys. Uh, Robert Salah put it best. Like, the guys you're picking up now, they're guys who are excited to get out there, excited to play, and, and they're, they're here for the team. Uh, even, like, Jeremy Rucker was a, was a pretty big, I don't know if you know him, he's a third-round uh, tight end we picked up. You know, he's a guy who wants to be on the Jets. And as a Jets fan, I can tell you there's not a whole lot of players who want to do that. So seeing these acquisitions that we're making, I think that's, that's the first step through the draft. And I think if you look at the free agent acquisitions we've made, and uh, even, even some of the cuts we've made, I, I think it goes even deeper into that. So we picked up DJ Reed, Jordan Whitehead, and uh, we also picked up some really good special teams guys over the last few uh, years. And I think uh, besides linebackers, our defense in every other aspect is looking amazing uh, compared to where it was just two years ago. Um, our D-line, I think, is going to be really threatening next year. You know, you're talking about uh, a defense with Sheldon Rankins, Quinn and Williams on the inside, right? And Quinn and Williams is... I, I think we could argue a top 10 in the league. Uh, and then on the outside, you got Carl Lawson and Jermaine Johnson the second. Jermaine Johnson, by the way, who we picked at the end of the first and who was supposed to go in the top 10. You know, the, these are some incredible uh, pieces we're putting together on this. I think one thing I really like, too, is, you know, you're looking at the, the backups on that D-line. You're talking about Vinny Curry, JFM, uh, who is signed to a major contract. I wanted him to start, but uh, with our new picks, I don't think it's going to look like that. Um, and then Jabari Zuniga, all good pieces to have backing them up. Uh, even Bryce Huff, who's like way down there. I don't think he'll even make the uh, the final roster. He might be on the practice squad. Um, he's even a guy who I think can start in a few teams out there. So we're really building a really strong uh, 
team from the inside. And that's one thing, if you want to go back three seasons, uh, when Joe Douglas was first named GM, that's what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to build from the trenches. Good O-line, good D-line. And I think D-line, we've definitely seen that. Um, O-line, I think that's a bit more uh, questionable. Uh, you know, I, I think we did a really good job bringing Lake and Tomlinson. It might be my favorite uh, signing period of the offseason. Uh, just because that's a guy who's bringing in a culture, a winning culture, um, who's who's worked uh, with a, a similar system to what we've used, um, and who, who's bringing a lot of veteran experience to an otherwise young O-line. Uh, and there's definitely questions there. I don't know how I feel about Connor McGovern. I, I think he's a good center. I don't think he's a great center. I think we could do way better there. Okay. But I think he'll do. I think our tackles are, are good Makai um, back in a George Font. Uh, the thing is, they just have a lot of questions. Like, there's, are they going to be healthy? Are they going to be consistent? Uh, but yeah, I, I think building through the trenches is where we're at right now and where we need to go. Do you think Beckton will be on the team? I I think so. I, I I know he's definitely a he he's someone who we could consider in a trade. And I think if a trade comes up, where we'll be able to improve there. I I do believe that. That being said. If you look at our draft, we got like Max Mitchell. I think he was in the sixth or fifth. He, he was pretty deep down there. I don't think, uh, at least with picking a, a tackle that late, that you're going to want to get rid of Makai. Uh, and I think if you look at, uh, I forget which, which uh, who was talking, I think the Seahawks, their GM was talking about this. It's so hard in the modern NFL to get good tackles from a draft. You have to get them really high in that first round, and there's a, there's a pretty, pretty big drop-off. Um, so if we get rid of Makai Becton, we're screwed. Like, like we have we have Chumri Doga. I, I don't want to see him even even go one down this season. He was not very good. Uh, we have Connor Mc, uh, McDermott, who's okay, but I definitely don't think he's he's what we need. And uh, with Connor McDermott and George Fant as like the only tackles, if you get rid of uh, of Makai, I think you're 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 going to put Zach Wilson in a, in a really compromised position. Okay. I have two questions about this uh, past offseason signings. So you mentioned culture. Um, one of the guys who is a big cultural uh, impact for the Bengals, who obviously were in the same position last year that the Jets are in this year, was C.J. Uzoma. He was one of those guys who was in the locker room. He was a locker room leader. One of the older guys on a very young team. The Jets team is also very young for the most part. Consider considering other teams around the league have older guys, especially at those leadership positions. And CJ went and signed with the Jets when he was a free agent. So first, I want to know how, how you feel about that. And then some people were concerned about Ahmad Sauce Gardner kind of uh, going out there saying that he's the best player in the draft, that no one's going to be able to beat him. Uh, basically talking a lot of smack, and people were saying he was putting a target on his back. So how do you feel about that? Because obviously that's a huge signing for the Jets during the draft, and people were kind of worried that he uh, was talking the talk and won't be able to walk the walk. So I'm going to talk about Sauce, sauce first, because I think that's a relatively short uh, thing there. For me, cornerbacks need to have a short short memory. They need to be able to be confident enough to, to pick it up for the next drive, the next down when they mess up. Um, and if you look at the best corners in the league, they all have short memories, and they're all very confident. So I, I think having a very co- confident cornerback on 
what I would say is probably like I, last season we had probably the worst selection of defensive backs in the league. I would argue, mm-hmm. and uh, even and injuries made that so much worse. Uh, so having some guy who's confident on that, I think it's a positive. I think uh, I, I do worry about you know as you mentioned, he might be a bit more cocky than confident. Um, but as of right now, I'm not too concerned. I do think it's a great pick, and I think he's gonna bring in a lot of spice to this team. Um, again, there are worries about locker room issues, but for a first-year rookie, you know, in, in their first year, you're not going to be concerned. But when you're in your second and third year, and maybe they're not living up to expectations, and you might need to bench them, that's when you're going to be concerned about that attitude. But if he's able to play at a starting cornerback level on, on a team that, you know, the other cornerbacks aren't exactly good. You got, you, you got DJ Reed, who's a starter, and then it, there's a pretty large drop-off there. I think for now, we're kind of in the clear. I, I am going to be a little more concerned in the future if he's not playing up to the level because I don't know if he's going to want to uh, sit on that bench, uh, maybe maybe play in, in more in special teams. But uh, in regards to the tight end situation, I love what we did there. Uh, Usoma, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't. He's He was, probably wasn't my favorite signing just because I really think we should have gone for more of a receiving tight end. I think that would really help Wilson. But in regards to the overall... Uh, locker room, I think he's going to emerge immediately as a leader. I, I'm, I assume he's going to get voted in as a captain because uh, that, that's the type of guy you want as a captain. And uh, I, I think with like him on offense and someone like Quinton Williams as like this similar type of figure on defense, I think you're really going to see that culture being built. right? Uh, and with, in regards to Titan, we also got Tyler uh, Conklin, who I think is a great acquisition. With young quarterbacks, they need lots of tight ends, and they need tight ends who can get out there consistently. Um, to give you an idea, out of our three best tight ends were not on the team last year. Like we're we're doing it, it's changing a lot, and that could be definitely be a concern for Zach Wilson. But I don't see it as a negative because his tight ends were not good last year. Right. So kind of shaking it up, giving him you know three our two guys who are proven. And then Jeremy Rucker, a third rounder, a guy who wants to be on the Jets uh, as like a third option. I think that's great. Yeah, so I actually I really liked CJ. He became one of my favorite players last year just um, because of everything he gave the team. He, I don't know, he's just a guy who like is someone you want on your team. I'm convinced that when we were losing in the AFC Championship after he hurt his knee. Um, they kind of just went into the locker room and CJ probably yelled at him and told him to go out and win, and they did. Um, he's he's just has that type of mentality of uh, a leader. Um, you mentioned he's not a great receiving tight end, which is true, like, comparably. So, yeah, comparably to the tight ends that, like, we're used to seeing, the Mark Andrews, the Travis Kelseys, Rob Gronkowski – yeah, he's not a great receiving tight end. However, I will say for CJ, there were a ton of plays where it's third and short, and you're talking about a team heavy with receivers. You got Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. Mixon's a good receiver. And a lot of the times, the guy who Burrow went to to save the play was CJ Uzama. So I think he could maybe be that guy for Zach Wilson as well. Uh, Zach Wilson's a young quarterback going into his second year, just like Burrow was going into his second year this past season. So maybe CJ will kind of uh, resurrect Zach Wilson's career and he won't throw a bunch of interceptions to Corey Davis again. Yeah. 
No, and one thing about the interceptions, um, towards the end of the season, you saw that being cleaned up a lot more. And I do think with getting, you know, those three tight ends, you're going to see that go even better. Um, Rucker, uh, he's a guy who, he also wasn't a big receiving tight end in college. Uh, now, he, he had a lot of receptions, but I think his skill comes more as what he brings as just a a average good tight end. I don't think he's going to be a great receiving threat, but I do think he's going to add a lot to this offense. And I think the fact that we picked up three tight ends uh, in one offseason, I think that shows you how much, again, to building from the trenches, getting some big, strong, tough guys uh, out there. And if you look at uh, the offenses that these guys come from, like the Falcons, uh, what they kind of built around, um, you're looking at, yeah, tight ends are a big part of it. And, uh, you know, even if you have those flashy receivers, you still need those guys, as you said, with Izoma getting those short third and shorts, you still need those guys to pick up two yards or three yards there. And it's also great for run blocking. I, I know Uzama's not a great run blocker, but maybe one of those other two guys that you mentioned are because Michael Carter is a dude. Yeah. He was a great pickup for the Jets last year. Because he was he a second second round pick, third round? I don't think he was a third. I, I think he was a third. Was he a third round? I just remember when the Jets played the Bengals and Michael Carter just ran over us for no reason. Like nobody expect we're talking about a defense that had stopped Derrick Henry before. It stopped Derrick Henry again in the playoffs. They'd stopped Dalvin Cook. They'd stopped all these great running backs that everyone looks at. And this rookie, who wasn't even a first-rounder, is just running over the top of us. Fourth, He's a fourth-round pick, I'm being told. That's how crazy Michael Carter is. That's how crazy the league can be. And if Michael Carter has better blocking now, I think he could be that guy that the Jets rely on a bit more. Um, and Zach Wilson won't have to throw all the time, which doesn't mean Zach Wilson isn't good or doesn't need to be good, but it makes them a two-dimensional team, and they won't just be able to blitz him, and they'll have to look at the run as well. Talking about the run game, Brees Hall, that was a pick that I was like I really wanted to get a linebacker. And I, I think you remember this from draft night. I wanted a line. I wanted three linebackers in the draft. I wanted to really stack that up, um, but we ended up going for Brees Hall, and uh, I, I, I saw that pick. I didn't really know exactly uh, who he was at the time, but I did some more research into him after. And yeah, he's a, he's a certified baller. He's he knows what he's doing, and I think having him and Michael Carter out there are going to make a big difference. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson are also there. Uh, Michael Pirine is there, um, but I don't think those last three guys are really going to stay on the team too long. Right, I think, I, I think those three guys are replacement level players. They're not really going to come out there and uh, start on this team. Uh, and talking about uh, running backs, one thing that I really hate about the team right now is they're trying to hold on to fullbacks. And I think if you look at the modern NFL, a lot of teams have kind of let the fullback drift away, uh, gone to play even sometimes like two uh, halfbacks or maybe you know bring a halfback, put them at uh, a receiving position. Um, but the Jets are really trying to hold on to fullbacks, and I don't understand why. Uh, I remember about four or five years ago when I began to get more serious as a Jet fan. Um, I'm forgetting his name now, uh, but we had this fullback and he sucked. And uh, he, he he would he would get like a few touches here and there. He'd play a lot, but the fullback position has never worked for this team. I think it's time to move on. I think the Patriots just this off season completely got rid of the fullback position. I don't even think it's on their depth chart, and if it is, it's. Very informal, and the players understand that it's not a position. Going back to Brees Hall, though, he's also very young. So that means he's very um, – you can form him. 
Uh, he's probably more willing to be humble to those other guys. I mean, he's younger than me. He doesn't turn 21 until the 31st of May. So he'll be 21 going into his first season. And that's relatively young for an NFL player, in my opinion at least. So, I mean, if he is playing in that starting position behind Michael Carter, obviously not over Michael Carter, but as kind of a fill-in on certain snaps, uh, that'd be very interesting considering how young he is. But if you maybe... I mean, he has the credentials still. Uh, he had, let's see, how many? It's not pull, telling me how many uh, touchdowns he had, but he won All-American, uh, so, or he was an All-American selection unanimously in 2020 for the FBS season. So obviously he's a pretty decent player, second-round pick. Um, a, a lot of people had him as the first running back in that draft. Uh, in terms of skill, in terms of what he can become, and uh, well, again, I, I don't, I didn't really know a lot about him in college. I don't really watch too much in college, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, everything checks out. He looks like a great piece, and I think the fact that we're bringing in a running back, uh, it, you know, I think it's time to move on from Pirine. I, I think that Ty Johnson, uh, maybe we'll see him a few times a game, not too much. So I, I think it's a great pick, uh, and I think Brees Hall. He seems like a very down to earth guy. Which kind of balances with Sauce a little bit, uh, but I think I think he he'll be a big part of this team moving forward. Uh, a lot of people I was looking online and then and listening to a lot of uh, journalists talk about this uh, didn't really know who between Michael Carter and Brees Hall are going to emerge as the top player on this team. You know who's going to be the the RB one. I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch over this summer and entering the season. Who's going to come out as the top piece? Uh, Based off what I know about Salah and like what he's done in the past, I do think he's going to go with Carter in the beginning of the season at least. And then maybe maybe he'll switch it throughout. But yeah, Carter Carter was not taking that many snaps at the beginning of the season, and he kind of grew into that throughout the season. I, I kind of want to see that with Brees Hall. I want to see him uh, rise, rise up when he needs to, uh, but I don't think he's going to start at the top in the beginning. He could also do an offense like what the Patriots kind of did where they had that uh, – Turnstile, where they kept throwing guys in, pulling guys out, running. Yeah. You didn't know what running back was going to be on what snap. And looking at the, well, obviously Salah, he was a defensive coordinator. Looking at the offense of uh, the 49ers, that's kind of what they did too. You know, you're not, you don't really see one big guy uh, running the ball on that offense, especially two, three years ago. You know, there were a lot of guys coming in, coming out, and part of that was due to injuries. Um, but a lot of those due to the fact that they had a lot of really good guys who were able to jump in there, uh, who had different kind of situations that they excelled in, and knowing when to use them, uh, kind of like a game of chess there. And uh, that, that will be a very interesting thing to see there. Um, one thing is, uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter are also very young. Uh, I mean, Michael Carter's in the second season, Brees Hall's a rookie, right? So a good thing is the... The offensive coordinator, the offensive coaches, they're going to be able to decide and kind of make these players work into whatever they need them to work into. You know, neither players have a crazy amount of conceptions about what they need to be. They don't really know what their identity as a player is in the NFL. So being able to kind of work with that to, to mold them into what they need to be on this offense, I think that's a major advantage. Yeah. Um, so we kind of got to wrap up here. It was great having you. One final question. Last season, you jokingly told me the Jets were Super Bowl contenders. Well, you claim it's a joke now. Well, last season I said <laughs> in the next four in the next four years. So now the next three years, we are going to win a Super Bowl. Okay. So 
Oh, we're going to be in a Super Bowl. You're going to be in a Super Bowl. Do the Jets make the playoffs this year? Um, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm ready to uh, commit to that yet. Just because we are in a uh, an increasingly tougher division. Yeah, I mean the, the Dolphins really stepped up. Patriots are the Patriots. Dolphin or the Bills are obviously considered the best team in the NFL. Let me, let me put it this way: uh, If we were to make the playoffs, I would not be surprised. Um, if we were not, I would be a bit disappointed. So I think I think I'm I'm setting my expectations as either a really good forming season, uh, leading to that that playoff season. But I do think we have a good chance of reaching the playoff. I think by the third week of this upcoming season, you'll be able to determine whether the Jets are playoff contenders or not. Okay. And uh, so then what do you think the record for the New York Jets this season is going to be? I've not really examined that schedule too well, so I need to examine that, get a better idea of what's going on there. But I do think... I think at least with the out of our division games, I think we should win the majority of those. I think inside the division, um, I could see us splitting with the Patriots. I, I, I think we could honestly beat the Dolphins twice just because our defense, I, I don't think the uh, Miami my, Miami's offense is going to do too well against us. The Bills, I'll take those two as L's. Okay, so last season you won four games, lost 13. Do you think you'll win more than four games this season? Definitely. Definitely. That's a guarantee. Definitely more than four games this season. You heard it here first on the No Butts About It podcast. Hold Stan the Jet fan to that. I will be because if they don't, we're going to make fun of him. Um, so that's the end of the show. Thank you for ha- or being here. Thanks for having me. To talk about the Jets. Um, you don't seem too optimistic. Or you seem super optimistic, but also like... I, I think we're going to have a great season. I think I'm going to be happy at the season. I think we're going to have a lot more competitive games. Uh, last season was very depressing. Most of the games I watched, I would I would have to leave the room by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> uh, you saw that yeah. actively. Um, usually I'd come back in, in 10 minutes, but it, it, it was painful to watch. I don't think it's going to be that painful this season. I think we are going to compete, and uh, the games are going to be pretty close. All right. So the Jets fans are going to be in less pain this year. Um, don't ruin CJ Uzama for us. Uh, yes, thanks once again for being here. Um, go follow us on Instagram at no butts underscore show. That's no B-U-T-T-S underscore show. Uh, we'll have another show coming out Wednesday. And uh, hope everyone has a great day.